The start of our closure will be in 2024. It'll probably be a full closure by 2025 because we want to give our parents a chance to make alternative arrangements. We don't want to make any drastic decisions that will affect them. But the reason we're closing is basically what you outlined there. There is no plan that is coherent for the development of childcare in this country and hasn't been for some time. There's been what I would call a lot of... I won't say interference by government, but there's a lot of involvement by government, but it's not joined up. And um, where the whole core funding model was very good when it came in initially, it didn't keep pace with inflation. And sadly, by capping the fees of childcare providers, it has made this business untenable and uneconomic. And it's really hurting people because they are effectively losing money every week. And is, is there a contagion effect here, Noel, in the sector? I mean, if this is happening to you, Presumably it's happening to lots of other providers as well. Well, it's important to say that we are in business over 20 years and we were very, very happy with the way things were run. And when we were very in favour of the core funding model when it came in because it did allow for increases in payments to staff and for developments. And during the COVID pandemic, the EWSS system, the income support showed just how deprived the... the childcare business was of cash and the extra money did make a huge difference but to say I am the only person closing in the next 12 to 18 months I would say it's not true I'd say there will be a lot more people will close because a lot of people that have been in business a long time are burned out by the sheer volume of administration work reports audits and everything that is to make this core funding model work and on top of that we are capped at 2017 rates when inflation was 2% and in 2022 inflation went up between 12 and 15% on our basic items to keep our business afloat. No, clearly in, in your case Noel you're, you're given as much notice as possible to, to parents um, but it's it's so difficult to find um, a childcare setting I suppose that, that you know parents are happy with that you know where, where their children are happy like it really can be it's, it's, it's quite difficult. Absolutely. And you know something? Um, it's the hardest decision we've ever made. And my wife, Siobhan, um, set up this business back in 2003. And we started off very small. And we grew pretty well to have a pretty good business. And we were blessed with very good staff. And uh, it's not a decision that any of us take lightly. And we are fully aware of the effect on our parents and on how they're going to manage. Hence, we've given them a very long lead-in so that they won't be left stuck. Just talk to us a bit about recruiting staff, um, Noel. Like, how, how difficult is that? Well, there's a number of factors there, Peter. COVID changed the world in an awful lot of ways. And one of the ways it changes is people who were in the hospitality business and in childcare were out of work and they got other jobs and a lot of them realised that there was a lot of jobs out there that were less stressful, less onerous and with probably equal money. So a lot of them left the system and didn't come back. So the other problem is that there is no proper apprenticeship scheme for childcare workers. And years back, people there was a lot of courses around and people wanted to get into business and get trained. But in recent years, it isn't there. And sadly, there is a big pool of employers out there looking for employees. And childcare nature are very dedicated, hard-working, diligent and professional people. And they're in demand in other industries. It is a big worry. And 
at the moment we're okay but it's constant worry that somebody will leave and we can't replace them um, the, the sector and particularly early childhood Ireland have, you know, are very effective in terms of lobbying but do, are you being listened to Noel? I mean surely you know you have over, over the years made clear your issues to government um, but what have they been saying? Well as you read out in that report 2022 showed great promise and we were confident enough because there was a lot of lobbying done of government ministers, politicians on all sides of the divide and we were confident enough that we had been listened to and that there would be a substantial increase in the core funding and sadly it didn't happen and obviously the money went somewhere else and uh, we were more than disappointed because we did put up a very good case and we thought there was traction and understanding there. Um, do you see new people coming into the sector um, in recent times? A, str- a straight answer, Peter, no. And there's a number of reasons for that. Number one, the cost of setting up a business, any business you set up has to be, is extremely highly regulated. And it's right because it's a safety business. So the cost of getting into this business for a new provider is very high and we have the perfect storm where we have very high interest rates we have banks unwilling to lend to business we have people who are desperately trying to get mortgages and get houses and the sad thing that I see in the last number of years I see a big flow out the other end and nobody new coming in no new providers the big providers the giraffes and all those are big in the cities you know but they're not coming out of the cities because they need a big big flow to justify the large enterprises they run and the, the long term the medium to long term impact will, will, is pres- presumably being felt even even as of now possibly well, you know, the biggest problem is it's the female element of the workforce and employee employers are crying out for staff. But unfortunately, when it comes down to it, that if there's no one to mind the children, that it, sadly, that the female person in the house is the first one that has to stay at home. And that is a knock-on effect, number one, for the people who want to go out to work and build their careers. But it's also a knock-on effect for the economy because industry needs people to go to work. And we have seen people who have left their jobs and, you know, have gone home to mind their children because they just can't get anybody. Um, which, which obviously must be very frustrating for, 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 for people in the sector. Yeah, absolutely. But you know the message I'd like to give to this government, if anybody is listening to this, is that a serious review of this whole system needs to be looked at and the biggest problem that we have as providers is the level of administration the level of work the level of paperwork the le- and i don't have a problem with inspections and i don't have a problem with audits but an audit from Pobble on this scheme can take a day and if if it doesn't go the way they want it it can take a second day so we have to resource that and by resourcing that we have to take people off the floor and we have to replace those people but there's also changes that have happened in the last 12 months where there's changes to sick leave now, there's changes there's automatic enrolment in pensions you know, and all these things are costly to employers and because we are capped with our fees we are taking in less money and paying out more money and from an economic point of view there is not a long term viability in this. Um, and just before we finish Noel, I mean is, is it possible, it, it sounds very difficult to make a living from, from the sector 
Well, I can tell you, as I say, we're here a long time, and when we went into business, it was a different business model, and there was it was an easier business model, there was less state involvement. So the state is a very big shareholder now, and a very big stakeholder in our business. And I won't say there isn't an understanding from the local CDs, because we have lobbied and engaged with them, and they do understand. But when you get above that level, there doesn't seem to be an understanding of the effects of inflation and of costs that has hit us. But it's not only me and it's not only our business. If you look at the amount of cafes that are closing, the amount of restaurants, the amount of pubs that are closing, this is a contagion that's spreading through rural Ireland. And unfortunately, I see personally that if a company closes down and there's 50 employees in it, it makes the national media. But if four or five small businesses close down and lose 50 employees, nobody ever hears about it. But there's a huge effect in the local area where people have provided good, long-term, sustainable jobs. And uh, just very finally, the impact on a small village or a rural area maybe is, is more profound possibly than in, in an urban setting where there might be more options. Absolutely. And it's something that I don't feel seems to make it to the higher echelons of government that rural Ireland overall is really suffering and there's a huge push to people to go into the urban zones and the problem with that is housing is a problem in the urban zones people cannot they can't afford to go in there so there's a lot of good people that want to work there's a lot of good people in our business that want to work that it's just not viable for them to go to work and that is what's hurting us but it's not only hurting me it's hurting every small business in this country at the moment